the second you get challenged with something as big as the pandemic where it goes you want to be a musician well you can't play shows what are you going to do now that's when you have to wake up and go well do i really want to be a musician because i'm gonna have to like work around this and work twice as hard if this is really what i want that's bell a bell and the vertigo waves i'm jamie green and this is trading force Hey everybody and welcome back. I'm your host, Jamie Green. Hey, how are things with your family? Good? Bad? In between? Well, I hear you. For my family, some of us are great, super close. Some of us not even talking to each other because you know, families are complicated, right? Well, today's guest, Belle and Jeremiah with Belle and the Vertigo Waves have a very interesting family dynamic in their band. I had no idea of that when we scheduled the interview, but as you will soon hear, it certainly intrigued me. Because like we said, families are complicated. Really enjoyed this chat. Belle and Jeremiah are not only in a band together, they host a podcast together. And they've got some new music coming out, so they're super busy, a lot going on. Uh, So let's get started. Here's my conversation with Jeremiah and Bell of Bell and the Vertical Waves. Well, I appreciate the time. Thanks for reaching out. I think it's cool. Um, I love supporting Kansas City Acts. I think it's really important that we shine the light on. I've told a lot of people this. It's true. Uh, most of my downloads are in Kansas City, but I do get people from other parts of the country and for strangely, India is my second highest place. I don't know yeah, what people yeah. in India. Is that the mm-hmm. same for you guys? Or where do you guys get people? We from? get some random, like I think we've had some Brazil. Brazil or like New Zealand and Australia. I don't know. The internet, I don't get it. Still. I don't know. No, it makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, I do all these, like, kind of joke. Like, I had uh, Cassie Joy just on, and so Cassie Joy was talking about growing up in Smithville, and she went to Park University, and I, and I was mm-hmm. like, somebody in, like, you know, Bangalore is not going to know any of these places, but. Yeah. Uh, hey, it's good. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit. You guys are busy. Well, first of all, since this is going to be mostly on audio, I'll probably put the mm-hmm. video up later. Introduce yourselves to, so the folks that are just listening, who you are. Yeah, I'm Belle. Um, I am the lead singer of the Vertigo Waves. Uh, I'm Jeremiah. I'm the bass player slash producer. You're also the songwriter. You I'm also the say. songwriter. Yeah. She's the she's yeah. the face. I'm the, the the guts. I guess that's beautiful. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So poetic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, put that on your Christmas card, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <It's cute. laughs> well, you you let's first talk about the new music. So you you sent me your new track. I, you you know you had me. I don't know if it's drop D or drop C, but when you've got that heavy guitar line going, yeah. Mm-hmm. You, 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 as a '90s guy, you got me with that alone. Yeah. So let, let's talk about the the track "Beat Me to the Punch." So it's it's not out yet, right? It's still coming out soon. What's it the date on it? On October 29th. So I don't know when this will get released. It'll but... be a week after that. So for okay, people cool. listening, it'll just be has just been released. Um, awesome. It's a cool tune. I'll probably if you don't mind, I'll put it as the open so people can hear a little bit of for it. Sure, but... Absolutely. Yeah, so let's let's sure. talk about the tune. Yeah. Um, so I think we wrote this song like middle of 2020, you would say like yeah we well to give a little bit of backstory i I obviously like every musician in the world we were forced to put it be put in time out for a year Mm -hmm. and we kind of uh, exercised a lot of our frustrations over that year basically our our form of temper tantrum was we just said screw it and wrote a whole new record yeah over the time and punch was our first foray as a band of actually doing collaborative songwriting yeah that was kind of the the big difference because when bell first started it was essentially her and then hired and then through the process of hiring musicians some of us stuck around and we're like hey we actually want to be a band um so punch was kind of like the first sort of kick the door in this last year sucked zach our guitar player brought came over to rehearsal one day and he was like oh hey i have this like new guitar riff idea thing and well, he had made basically made an, this entire demo of a song. And I don't even think he was intending to be like, this could be a Vertigo Wave song. I think he was just like, here's something I wrote. 
and he played us the track and I was like curled up by the speaker and there are just certain moments with like songwriting. I feel like the best songs are the ones that kind of like slap you in the face and you don't even have to really think about it. And I just immediately remember like grabbing my notebook and just like the lyrics just like came out and I was like curled over by the speaker going, you always beat me to the punch. Mm -hmm. And it was like, it just hit me. And it was like, okay, it's there. And then we just like went downstairs to our rehearsal space and like started working on it. Yeah. And it like kind of came together really magically because like Jerry was saying before with our songwriting, it would kind of be like, I would just bring in the song and then we would enhance it and whatever. And it was a little bit less collaborative at that point. And so it was really cool to see something like just come together and like happen, you know? It's Absolutely. a big morale boost. For especially sure. for the unification of like all of us yeah it's like we all are playing with the toys together yeah kind of thing, <laughs> you know? well the creative process it's really hard to kind of define how it how it i mean it's it's kind of magical in a way right because like mm -hmm. you said it's it, you're inspired by a riff and you you don't know where that lyric came right mm -hmm. it, it yeah. just popped in your head it's 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 a strange beast it's a it's a cool thing but yeah. but it's kind of hard to describe i heard somebody once say that how do you write a great song? And they said, there's 500 great ways to write a song. You just have to yep. figure out which way is the right way for you. And you have to settle on one. And that's the hardest thing, because I think sometimes, especially for us in the band, we can be so like creatively ADHD. It's really easy to be like, well, we could do this or we could do this. And like, at some point you just got to go, all right, we're going to, here's point A to point B. We're just going to look at point B and just go there and let what happens happen and not get like, too overwhelmed because creating can be overwhelming because like you said you can do anything you know yeah well that's cool i'm glad you were productive you know it's i think covid's been a huge rorschach test right like some people mm -hmm. like got super sad and never left their house ever and still aren't going to leave their house some people became super creative and now like are, are doing a ton of it's been interesting watching how people approach it I, I think it's it's good because I think you can go crazy pretty easy not mm -hmm. playing live shows for a long time I mean that's yeah. such the bread and butter of so many musicians yeah um, and yeah. You, you miss that yeah we had a there, there was a quote that we heard somewhere it was like COVID throughout COVID you either got divorced or you got married it's kind do. of like the quote and it, I think that yeah. kind of sums up even just like you know you either your band either broke up or your band doubled down yeah. like you changed your career or you got like a promotion or you changed jobs to something better it's like there is no like in between it's you either fell totally off the wagon or you're yeah. like you're in a sports car now like it's you people know people think that like they know what they want like creatively I want to be a musician and then the second you get challenged with something as big as the pandemic, where it goes, you want to be a musician? Well, you can't play shows. What are you going to do now? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, that's when you have to wake up and go, well, do I really want to be a musician? Because I'm going to have to, like, work around this and work twice as hard if this is really what I want, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I don't think it's anything anybody could have ever predicted. I mean, the music yeah. industry sucks in a lot of ways. I mean, mm. you know, as long as there's been musicians, there's been somebody trying to rip them off, right? Yeah. Not pay them yeah. <laughs> what they're worth. <laughs> but I don't think anybody's like, no, the whole world's just going to shut down. You're not going to do anything. I mean, right, I don't think right. anybody saw that coming. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's artists, are, artists are so used to rejection. We weren't expected to be rejected by the entire world. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and all of us collectively, the, the biggest the names time. to like the smallest indies, like everyone is now like leveled at the yeah. same time. No, it's so true. And I, I saw your video clip of one of your, and I, I, the name escapes me, but it's the one that you dedicated to Davies. Yeah, Pulse. Yeah. Right. And it's a cool tune and stuff. So Dave, I mean, Davies has been around forever. I had Go-Go Ray on. Um, I saw Go-Go play with Billy Goat and Davies in 1994. I mean, it, it's a very long story. And right before COVID, it burnt to the ground. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. let's talk a little bit about the landscape, because I think the landscape has changed so dramatically for where you can even play out. Yeah. I mean, we've lost. I'm not going to get all of them. Besides that bar, we lost, you know, Riot Room's gone now, right? Yeah. Yeah. We just um, found out about that a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. yeah the Roxy. Yeah. Um, tons of places. So as a musician, I mean, how do you think it's going going to go for you guys forward? Have you thought about that? I know you're playing a show at Lemonade Park, which is outdoors. But I mean, what do you think you can do in 2022 in Kansas City? Um, 
I think that's a hard question because I was about to say, well, you have to leave Kansas City. <laughs> like right. we have to start touring a little bit. But I mean, as far as like promoting yourself, like it's the digital era right now. So like there was a lot of like live streaming became such a huge thing over COVID. And I think that's going to probably stay a really big thing. But we like shows are our bread and butter like performing is like why we are musicians like it was torture for us not being able to play a show for a year because that's like our that's why we do it so I don't know I feel like there's I would hope to see a lot more like more venues kind of rise up out of like once we're kind of in the clear with the, the pandemic ashes. like yeah. rise up out of the ashes yeah. I would hope um, and you see a lot of like DIY, like house venues and stuff. And uh, those can be trickier to play at for us, but. I actually have some hope that uh, when everything kind of settles down, I was going to say go back to normal, but who that, what the hell does that even mean anymore? But yeah. like, when things kind of sort of level out a little bit, I actually, it, it's it's pretty unanimous. Like no matter who you really talk to, like the thing that, most people are hungry for actually is live music and performance yeah so i wouldn't be surprised like you know come the spring you're gonna start seeing a lot more things kind of in the works especially with like i mean yeah davies burned to the ground which you know pause i want to i got a funny story to tell you about that okay um, i have a but, lot of uh, davies stories but yeah <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> we've we've played davies a lot um but um uh it's uh, like davies burned to the ground but like something is going to take that place eventually, you know, same with, same with Riot Room, you know, like something's going to take that place. I mean, literally because of the pandemic, you got Lemonade Park and yeah. I don't think for a second that Lemonade Park is going to go away. I hope like, not. especially, yeah. you know, I, you know, we've had so many different conversations with the people that, that work, work that place. And it's just like, dude, you guys realize come spring, like if things keep going the way they're going, like you could probably put on a whole festival out here. Yeah. Like you could probably, and it just be like another place that it just becomes, you know, I don't want to, you know, like say, get real big and be like, it's like another Boulevardia, but like another place where there's just like a street and it's like, you know, yeah. um, so like, I think there's going to be, there's going to be stuff. It's just, you know, I feel like, I feel like Davies was a harder hit for us yeah. than Riot Room was just because we had, like a, a relationship with the, the owner over there. Yeah, you know? Davies definitely meant a lot to us. And like it wasn't COVID's for... fault, really. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think Davies is, it, and I, I mean this in the best possible way, but it's kind of like the Island of Misfit Toys, right? You yeah. know, the, like, like Michelle would let you kind of spread your wings, right? And let yeah. you do yeah. your thing, right? You didn't yeah. have to be a cover band or you didn't have to play. Well, you couldn't play covers. At oh, yeah, Davies. you couldn't do that because she didn't want to pay the, she didn't want to pay yeah. the, the We fees. got in trouble one time for that. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've heard people have been unplugged. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Right? No, they were nice enough for, we, we were, we were nice enough with them where they, where they like respectfully waited and then they were like, hey, don't ever do that again. They, came, like, they <laughs> came up to the stage and they were like, don't play any more covers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so. Well, the Davies story. So we played the the video for our Pulse show, mm -hmm. or that the live video for that. We actually played with Wick and the Tricks, which is who we're doing the Lemonade Park gig with. It was for Valentine's Day, and it was like February twenty twenty. Yeah, right before COVID, and I'm what was it like within that month? I don't remember when Davies went down. Was so it March when Davies burned down? down? It was yeah, right so around then, though. It was pretty it, it, quick. It was very strange, like, how, like, we all got sick at the show. The show was packed. We made used to make this running joke that we were, like, patient zero for COVID in Kansas City because, like, right, almost, like, right, because we everybody was hearing rumblings about it or whatever, and then, like, a couple of us got sick, uh, and then our drummer, like, tested, like, the, or tested, like, the month after, and they found out that he got it before, however that works, like, the right. antibodies or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and then it, like, burned down. And so when we, like, we filmed it, filmed that video for literally just to do a live video. And then we realized after that it had finished getting, like, you know, cut and, and produced and put together that it almost was almost like a memorial to Davies because th through that process between the show and then, Davies burning down was like our video was getting finalized and it really mm -hmm. felt almost like a hey we kind of have to put like a like a dedication or something at the yeah. beginning of this because you know we didn't obviously there uh, clearly wasn't planned but it was just like oh wow this has turned it almost yeah. like a 
Well, you probably have one of the last documented live shows at Davies. I mean, even if yeah. they rebuild, yeah. it's not going to be the yeah. same space. Yeah. I mean, part yeah. of the, the, I mean, was kind of the greasy, you know, kind of, yeah, exactly. that was kind of the, yeah, made it kind of cool. I mean, you like a joint like that, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. When the sweat would condense on the ceiling and then it would feel like it's <laughs> raining, that's when you know you were in a good yeah. club. Yeah. Um, well, I want to touch a little bit more about live music because I'm sure you feel it. I think playing live music is the most zen thing you can do. Mm -hmm. absolutely because you're just in a zone man you're not worried about what happened yesterday you're not thinking about bills you're paying tomorrow like you're Mm -hmm. in the moment i i think that's why i mean obviously the crowd is a huge component too but i think why musicians love it at least why i do it's such a peaceful like calming thing for me like i just really enjoy Mm -hmm. it and that collaboration that you have other people and you're putting this together and it's never going to exist the exact same way ever again Yeah. yeah same for you guys right Absolutely. I think like creating an experience for people is like why I love performing. Like zero part of it is like, Hey, look at me. It's like, I want to create a night that people will remember. I want to make people feel happy and connected. And like, I, I get so much energy out of that. And it's also just like what you're saying, you are, you have to be completely present when you play shows. Cause if you aren't, that's when you, are yeah, we you fuck to, up. Are we allowed to? Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. You fuck up. <laughs> for, for, I forgot to ask permission. beforehand. <laughs> um, that's you fuck up. If your head is somewhere else, like you have to like 100% be there. Otherwise, like the audience knows like the most fun bands to watch perform are the ones where you can tell they're having a great time with themselves, with not themselves even, and each other. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. if like, Uh, as a band like we're not looking at each other and we're not connected and we're not like actually there like that shows and people don't have a good time and that's like what it is about for us you know yeah yeah it's such a sense of community too i don't you know i mean the 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 amount of people who actually are going to become rich and famous playing music is so minuscule so that Mm -hmm. can't be the driver for most musicians i think it's it's totally the creative process and the connection is why yeah. you do it. Yeah. yeah, which again, like not to keep going back to this like COVID thing, but it, that really that really is what solidified us because we didn't have the stage. We didn't have the crowd. We didn't have mm-hmm. the performance. But I mean, I, I, I've, you and I have talked about this before. Like there've been several nights where I would be up till four o'clock in the morning because I lost my job like most people. And it'd be four o'clock in the morning and, I, and I'm, you know, tracking, you know, quad tracking some guitar part and then I'd look over at the clock and be like, fuck, it's 4 a.m. on a Wednesday and I'm stone cold sober <laughs> and I'm not thinking about anything else other than like it, that flow state, you know, and then it's like, it's four o'clock in the morning. I have to go. I have to go to bed. What if I, you know, mm-hmm. um, and then it was like, OK, we're actually really in this for the creativity, the expression, the all that mm-hmm. stuff, because all of the other extra stuff that you really enjoy is stripped away. Right. And we're and I'm up till 4 a.m. still. Right. You know. Well, there was a, and I don't know if it's true or if it's just somebody said it, but there's a thing that some of the Shakespeare stuff was written during a pandemic in in Great Britain. And Mm. he used that time to double down and really get creative. And, you know, that happens in that process. You know, that's the whole story about Charlie Parker here, right? That, you know, he he was playing a solo. He kind of went off somewhere in a tangent. The band didn't like it, got pissed. And Joe Jones, the really famous jazz drummer, took his cymbal yeah. and threw it on the floor and just mortified <laughs> yeah. Charlie Parker. So there's a decision right there, right? There, half of the decision yeah. is like, I can't do this anymore. And this is terrible. And I'm completely mortified and I'm done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or his decision was, I'm going to go down to the Ozarks and I'm going to fucking woodshed for like 15 hours a day. Yeah. And yeah. come back and beat all you've got. And, you know, yeah. and he did. Yeah. And he did. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Yeah. It's just, you know, I almost feel like the whole world needs like a collective hug about COVID because I think it's, we all individually know that it's hard, but it's, I think that it's such a shared sacrifice that I don't think it's really, we're so, it's still immediate. We're still dealing with it and stuff like that. But I think it's one of those things that it's just going to change the world forever to your earlier point. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how old you guys were at nine 11, but it's the only thing else I can think of. It's like, like nine 11, like the world was just never the same again. Yeah. 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 I think I was 16 I yeah. remember wa- watching it in like Spanish class and like fourth period or something live on TV 
And it's like, you know, we're, we're, we're the product of a generation of people that suffered a collective trauma of literally watching people die on television and all the teachers were like, cool, just showing it to us. Yeah. And then now, so it's like, you know, it's like a, the millennial curse is like, <laughs> you know, 9-11 housing market collapse, COVID, <laughs> like just list it all, right. you know, different things. Yeah. Well, that's what I, 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 I jo- I'm sorry, Bill, what were you going to say? Oh, no, you're fine. I think it's just important, like, to, to stop and, like, kind of recognize it, at least for me, like, I have a really, like, bad survivalist mentality. So, like, there was a point where halfway through COVID, I was like, what's everybody complaining about? Whatever. Like, we just got to, sure, okay, I'm stuck in my house, whatever. I've seen worse things, which is not a good thing to say or a good perspective to have. I mean, it's like, I'm glad kind of that I have that mentality because it makes me scrappy and it makes me like, I don't give up on things, but like, it's important for me to like stop and recognize like the things that we lost and the things that were hard. And, you know, we had our first show in a year, um, a couple weeks ago. And after our first song, I was like, Hey guys, can we just like all take a minute to like realize how awesome it is that we're here together and we're going to like dance and sing. And like, we're here, like, and it feels like such a simple thing, but I, I have to keep giving myself these moments anytime I'm at a show or something like that's happening, even though the pandemic's not like over, mm-hmm. you have to recognize like, oh my God, we're at a show and we're all standing here together and we're having a good time and we're connecting and we need to like recognize that. Yeah, no, I, I think that's totally the way that you, you know, it's one of those things there was a, a period there. You're like, is this ever going to end? Or, you, yeah. you know, I saw yeah. Living Color this summer um they were part of the whole summer jam thing and you know i hadn't seen living color since they opened up for the rolling stones on the steel wills tour in 1989 mm-hmm. and i was kind of so it was over at grinders and stuff and it, i took my older son he likes older music so i took him he's 19 he loves that kind of stuff so we went and i they start playing and i got a little misty eyed yeah yeah i mean i really did it was like i felt like i didn't know how much i missed going and seeing live music until it was taken away yeah and it, it was like you know almost like this you could kind of exhale right mm-hmm. so i'm sorry i'm getting a little emotional but it's yeah, it's, yeah. i get it but yeah. it's true yeah yeah bell with bell was kind of a crying mess the other oh. night because she missed uh black label society when they came <laughs> through town and, and yeah. she was just like I had to keep being like, it's fine. They're going to come back. Yeah. But it's but just, she was sobbing. <laughs> I was literally like, I just wanted to see Zach. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, the day after our show, I was like, I don't get, I don't like cry very often or get very like outwardly emotional over things like this. But like the day after our show that we had a couple weeks ago, I was just a crying mess over everything. I was like, oh my god and so and so was there and we did so good on this song and everybody had such a I was just like so emotional because it's just after a year and you kind of forget like you're saying you forget a little bit of like how special that is until it's back and you're like shit this is what it's about it's like a family reunion but you're actually excited to see everyone yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. Well, I think part of it too is, and you know, we're, we're just meeting today, but I'm guessing, and I, I know, you know, not all of my friends, but I have a lot of musician friends, right? So you kind of, you, you get in those orbits, right? Whether you have yeah. friends that are, but you forget like what being a performing musician who gets up on stage and gets paid to do it. I don't care if you're a cover band. I don't care if you're making five bucks. I don't care. That's a rare error. There's not that many people that get, and I think it's, I feel so happy that I, I get the opportunity to do it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's just nothing like it. So mm-hmm. uh, I totally get that. No, it, it's just, it'll be interesting as we come out of this. I just kind of feel like we're going to think this bugged me more than I thought it did for some people. Right. Mm-hmm. And some people mm-hmm. are going to be like, we're never talking about it again. Right. We're just yeah. <laughs> going to do it again. Yeah. Uh, it's hard, but that's good. So I want to ask you guys. So what made you become musicians? Like who, who inspired you? I'm always curious, like, both you people who did it for you yeah you go you go first um well the band's named after you you go okay (laughs) yeah we'll get Um, to that yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) so i mean my dad's a musician he's also my guitar player um and i've so i've been exposed to music for like my whole life i 
my, you know, I was always going to, my dad would play at coffee shops and bars and stuff. And I would always go watch him. And I think I got my first guitar when I was like eight um, and was just always singing and writing songs. And I'm lucky enough that my dad would sit there and listen to every song. <laughs> there were so many like banging on the bathroom door, like, dad, I need to play you a new song. I just wrote a bridge to that thing. And he's like, I'm taking a shit. Leave me alone. <laughs> um, but, you know, he exposed me to a lot of like female singers that like made me want to, you know, sing like the Cranberries, Cindy Lauper, Pat Benatar, Blondie. Like they were my idols of like, you know, why I wanted to become a singer and be a performer. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I've always been very existential and emotional um, and had a lot to say. So I just started writing songs as soon as I knew how to write letters. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, it, and I, I, Jeremiah, I'm not, I, I want to hear your story too, but I, I, this is, this is a first. Yeah, yeah. Is your dad currently your guitar player? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We, we've got to unpack this. Yeah. So, oh, I, oh, yeah. <laughs> because, okay. So I, I'm 53 right yes uh and i have a 19 year old and a seven, and they love me dearly i mean they love me dearly like we were super close i love my kids and stuff like that but i'm possibly the uncoolest person on the planet to these guys right mm -hmm. so so what's the difference for you i mean this is really cool i i mean i i think it's really neat yeah so how does it work for you two i mean it's <laughs> we've had our like ups and downs with it but it's like me and my dad taught me how to play guitar and I was, I mean, I was a stubborn teenager. Like we would rehearse for coffee shop gigs and get into fights and I would run to my room and slam my door, but we would, you know, we would be on time for load in. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> shows a show, man. It yeah, shows yeah, a yeah. show. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, we, him and I started playing out together when I was like probably 15 uh, we would just do like coffee shop gigs and, you know, like we started doing their, my first record together. Um, so, I mean, it's interesting. Like, I think when you're in a band with family at all, there's always the, like, there's um, band dad and then there's dad dad. Like there is definitely a line in my head for me. Cause like when I'm in rehearsal, I'm not, I don't, I can't be thinking about, family drama or anything that's going on or who's you know who in the family is sick or whatever is going on like we both like kind of leave that at the door and I think it's really important that we have kind of figured that out um and also you're clearly the boss and he knows that and I yeah. think that helps I think you're dead <laughs> and I need to hang out sometime yeah I think that's yeah. yeah he's a well, good drinking is, buddy He's your drinking buddy? Yeah, yeah, he's a good drinking buddy for sure, yeah. That's great. Uh, so my dad was a musician. Mm -hmm. He was a jazz musician, but he was 40 years older than me. So we, our twains never met because yeah. all the music, and you know, I he's been gone for 21 years. It's too bad because I later really appreciated what he did. Mm -hmm. And now like, and I actually can play some jazz now. Like I wish he was still alive because I feel like things. So I, th I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not jealous. I'm just really glad you you're getting this opportunity. Yeah. I think it's well, great. There was a point where I thought all my dad's music was lame and he wasn't cool. And he didn't like, there was that point where he would play me bands and be like, all right, this is the greatest guitar solo in the world. And like, <laughs> I'd be like, whatever. But then there's a point where I'm like, asking him if we can cover the songs that I used to think were lame, you know, like there was that kind of crossing point of like, Oh wait, I get it now. And we kind of got to start, you know, that's doing great. that together. Yeah. No, that's, that's wonderful. That That's neat. I, I, I think it's great. I absolutely, I have, as you can see, I have a stupid smile on my face. I think it's really <laughs> cool. All right, Jeremiah, that's a pretty tough, bar to yeah. jump over dude what uh, do you got i mean I, I had her i had her go first almost just to put the pressure on me so uh i've been uh i've been a uh, bass player guitar player since probably i was around uh 15 or so um what made the shift for me to become a bass player is i'm probably depending on who your listener base is i might get crucified for this but i was one of the few people that was inspired by metallica's load record 
Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, and primarily because Jason Newstead is like basically who I've kind of always aspired to be since I was like 15. And that was the record where you could hear him the most of when after he was in the band. So obviously you had the debacle with Injustice for All and then the Black Album and then but and then Load, they made the shift. But I was kind of culturally in that age range where it made sense for me to like Load. Um, and so that's kind of when I made the shift to primarily doing bass, uh, played in and out of bands uh, in college. And then when I moved out here, I was actually hired by Belle to play bass on her first record, um, which would have been, what year was that? 29, uh, no, 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 2017. 2017. Um, and then through the process of recording, we realized we like, she's kind of out of time as far as, her age versus what she likes musically. Um, And then obviously her dad, I'm kind of the middle between her and her dad. So there's a lot, there's a a lot of connecting points that like I get from John musically, you know, thrash heavy metal nineties era stuff. And then I'm young enough to relate to some of her influences from like the actual generation thing. but yeah, so I've you know been a bass player. I've played in Kansas City for shit going on probably eight years. I was in a jazz pop trio for a while. Uh, I was in like a blues rock band for a while. Just you know, just doing the doing the the grind. You know, that was yeah. kind of it. So, so uh, where'd you where'd you grow up? Where'd you come from? Uh, I was I grew up primarily in Ohio. Uh, a little town of south of Cincinnati called Fayetteville, Ohio. There's a Fayetteville in every state, so it's kind of hard to. <laughs> Man, I thought south of Cincinnati was Kentucky. Well, basically, yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> depending on who I'm talking to, I'll tell them north of Kentucky. It just depends on you know right where yeah, we're fine. at. But yeah, graduated with a high school class of '78, and was the biggest metal Kurt Cobain looking motherfucker in that whole school. So that's kind of a uh, yeah my connection. Yeah. That, so. Well, I, it's interesting, you know, as you age, the best thing, because a lot of things suck about getting older, it just does. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But but I can tell you, uh, you can really be like, I don't give a shit what you like. I like what I like and I don't care. Like, mm-hmm. you like Jason Newstead, you like that era of Metallica, you like it. Who cares? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, I think, you know, because I had uh, one of the guys on from Sticks. You know, Sticks yeah. is one of those bands that people like to just slag like just like mm-hmm. there's taking a, like a delight and and i and i will preface it i'm not a huge sticks person just it's not stuff but you know my sister is eight years older than me and this you know so she's a baby boomer yeah um, and this this music speaks to her and yeah she, they come to town she goes every time she loves it so what's wrong with that right yeah. Yeah. I, I mean there's so much crap and just shittiness in the world yeah like what you like man it's yeah. kind of ridiculous to like hate on artists and musicians who are doing it you know yeah. what I mean? It's like you're they they fucking like Metallica is like one of the biggest bands in the world. Like, what are you talking about? Like, sure, maybe you don't like it, but like you can't say that they're just inherently just bad because no. clearly they're not because a lot of people fucking love them. Yeah. Well, and that's the I think there's a jealousy factor too. There's two full yeah. things I think. Yeah. You know, because I got like a C plus in psychology in college, so <laughs> so I'm just gonna spout. I think it's that's part of it. Best. Right. And I think yeah. there's just like, I got to show that I'm cool because I, I yeah. don't like something that's popular. Right. right? Mm-hmm. Like, I just can't admit that that's good. You know, people yeah. are like that. I'm like, no, it's, you know, Adele has a new song out. I haven't heard it yet. I'm guessing it's a pretty good song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't mean yeah. I'm going to go run out and buy it. Well, but, yeah, I mean, or hundreds of millions of people are wrong and you're right. Okay. Right. <laughs> totally. Like but people's like, like, I'm just not going to like that. I'm like, whatever. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah, so, I no, think it I, is a big jealousy thing, especially with musicians. Like, it, it's so easy to just be a bitter, resentful musician because it's a fucking hard job to give yourself. Be like, I'm gonna be a musician. Like, it's a big hustle. Like, there's if you have to put a lot of work into it if you want any level of success with it. So it is really easy to have that attitude, but it's not gonna get you anywhere. Like, no. what are you getting out of like hating on? fucking Adele she has a fucking amazing voice and maybe it's just not your thing (laughs) yeah which is fine if it's not your thing but you can't just say oh it sucks yeah Yeah. but I think (laughs) anybody who can make a 
long-term career as a musician should be applauded because you yeah. guys know it's really hard to do. Yes. Yeah. It's like I have certain football teams I hate, but I can't say their quarterback sucks when he like throws yeah. for 450 yards. Yeah. He's a good quarterback just because I hate oh, yeah. the team. Right. Yeah. Anyway. I think in a lot of ways, like the people who make it as a musician or like the people who don't give up are people who like need it. Like I no matter what happens with the vertigo waves, like I will never be able to stop because I like need it. I mean, I think when I look at, you know, going back to like my whole thing with my dad, it's like our family like has gone through a lot of trauma. And I think us doing music together has always been an escape. It's like, this is where we get to leave all that bullshit at the door and all of the trauma and the shit that our family has gone through. It's like, yeah, it seems weird. Like you're in a band with your dad, but it was like, we needed this. And like, we can't stop. We couldn't stop if we wanted to. So if we're playing to a crowd of 20 people or 2000 people, like we're always just going to be doing it because we need to, you know? And I think that's, those are the people that you see that have made it. I think like the people who just like literally couldn't give up if they wanted to, because that's, I think what it takes yeah, it's a hard job. I think yeah. you have to be super tenacious and kind of have the blinders on too, right? Yeah. Because if you don't, it, it get, it's pretty easy to get discouraged. Oh, yeah. I right? mean, we're releasing a single right now, which means sending out hundreds of emails and just rejection, 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 acceptance, rejection, 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 <laughs> acceptance. Like yeah. you just, it is what it is. So let's, yeah. talk, so let's talk about that. So in the 21st century, how do you, what's, the, what do you find is the best way to market yourself? What do you feel is oh, um, works for you? What works for you? What have you been like, this is bullshit. Why did I waste my time doing this? Yeah. So social media is an interesting thing. I think it's a huge deal for artists, but I think the challenge is be yourself while still looking at your algorithms and not like letting it kind of control you. Like, you know, I want people to go to our Instagram or our TikTok or whatever and know who we are. And I think that's a big thing is like social media is a huge form of self-promotion, but you have to be really careful that like of how you're using it. Cause we could go on there and we could do all these trends and do all the right things and get in with the algorithm so that we'll get a bunch of bots to follow us. <laughs> but like, I'm trying to find a way, well, we're trying to find a way to like promote ourselves on a platform that can be really shallow at times and actually let people get to know us. Because I think that's what a lot of people are hungry for or like missing out on is like actually feeling like they can get to know you uh, because of how much just like content is being thrown in their face 24 seven. So I think the authenticity of just like be yourself and let people get to know you um, on that platform. And then, you know, on the other side of that, there's like getting your songs into Spotify playlists and sending them out to people to do music reviews. There's still like blogs that will do music reviews now. And yeah. So there's that side of it. And then there's the like social media content sort of branding side of it. I don't know if I answered your question. No, no I think it's interesting because, you know, uh, when I was young, we threw posters on the telephone. Yeah. Calls. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. You told your friends. And yeah. that was, that's all you had to do. And in some ways it was a lot better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've, I yeah. feel like it's easier and harder at the same time, because it's like, now you have like, I could post one TikTok tomorrow and maybe it'll blow up and change the course of the band forever. But there's also a fulfilling other people posting TikToks and videos and trying to be like, look at me, I'm a musician, I'm an artist, I'm an artist. So it's like so oversaturated because it's so accessible. It's great that it's accessible, but it sucks that it's accessible because yeah. you're just an ant on a hill, you know? Yeah, it's like the Sunset Strip in 1989 every telephone pole was rainbow colored with flyers that have been yeah. stapled over, stapled over, stapled over. It's like that, but now we're, but now because of like social media and kind of how everything's globally connected, like 
the earth is stapled over with yeah. rainbow colored flyers of, you know, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, all that. And so it, it is similar. It's just kind of like a macroscopic sort of view of it's the same sort of thing. This is, it's interesting though, because this is actually kind of like where her and I differ, you know, kind of that sort of cultural shift of like her father kind of bleeds into me, then kind of like bleeds into her is like, like, John and I joke all the time of like, we should go down to Kansas City and hang up flyers. Like, cause in our heads, that's kind of still how things sort of used to work. Hey, let's get our demo tape to the radio station or whatever. I kind of like, like it. No, yeah. yeah. And, and, and it's cause so, it's so retro. It yeah. would be so out of left field, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah, nobody yeah. does that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so Bell's kind of the, our, uh, what's that where you like, lick your finger and point into the wind like bell is yeah. kind of more like on the on the pulse i no still she's the bellwether yeah there right. you go, there you go. Yeah. did you like that there you yes. go thank you thank you all right <laughs> that's your new stage name that's your middle yeah. name now okay, cool. <laughs> if these jokers ever leave me now i've got a backup plan um yeah i mean i still think like it's worth it to do the hanging up flyers thing. I think right now it just feels like throw shit up, throw things on the wall and see what sticks. Cause mm -hmm. like, yeah, maybe going downtown and hanging up flyers and putting our, it's like, you can go hang up the flyer downtown, but make sure you put your Instagram handle on the post. Right, 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 like right. that's the your happy QR media. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure you put your QR code on the poster. So it's just yeah. finding the medium between like the, the things that were like raw and authentic from promoting your music in the nineties and taking those into the 2020s and making it a little bit more relevant and accessible. You know what yeah. I mean? No, I totally get that. We, you know, we put a QR code for Venmo because we found mm -hmm. that there's a whole generation that does not carry cash. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we had a tip. We have, a, we still have the tip jar. We still have our SpongeBob SquarePants tip jar. Yeah. Yeah. But we added a Venmo thing next to it because I had people come up and say, I just, I'd love to tip you guys, but I never carry money. Yeah. yeah. And so we're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we should we, do that. I yeah. remember when we had to start bringing our little square reader. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. The little thing. Yeah. When we had to start doing that, because people would be like, I want to buy 14 shirts. And we're like, all right, cool. It's this amount of money. And then they'll be like, well, I only have a card. And we're like, shit. Yeah. Like, what? you know, that's 14 shirts that we just lost. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you have to be like accessible on all sides. It's like, yeah. you have to be like, here's my Venmo and my PayPal and my cash app. And here's a card reader. And here's my cash chip jar. jar you yeah. Know? It's crazy. Um, well, I've had only one other podcaster on before. I have uh, Johnny Gowdy, who's, he's like 10,000 episodes. He's like the number one podcaster in Austin, mm -hmm. um, which I was like 10,000. What are you, dude, you're crazy. Like that's amazing. Yeah. That's yeah. so many episodes. Yeah. That's so a, a success for us. Yeah. Right. So yeah. let's talk about your podcast. Cause that's kind of how you found me, I think. Um, mm -hmm. and, and, and what's been the best part of it? What's been the worst part of it? What's been the biggest surprise? Okay. Well, the best part of the podcast. She takes a breath. Okay. Oh. <laughs> um, I think like the best part of doing the podcast, it's called the local fraud, um, has really just been being able to like connect with other artists. And I think outside of the fact that like it's being recorded and it's being posted on the internet, just like the conversations have been like so great for us to be able to like trade war stories with other artists and like encourage each other and like kind of checking because we've had some like reoccurring guests and it's really cool to look back at like the first time they were on versus the last time they were on and like everything that we got to see them do in the process and then our listeners get introduced to a band or an artist or whatever and they get to sort of see them grow throughout time because we'll kind of have people back on which is like what we wanted, you know, to kind of document what it's like to be a growing artist and actually like get past what you were talking about before, which is the musician jealousy thing mm -hmm. where we just shit on each, we talk shit and we like hate on each other because we are competitive and insecure and just kind of like try to cut through all of that by going like, let's all sit in a room together and like actually get past that bullshit and find somewhere that we can relate and connect. So that's definitely been like 
that's the, I mean that's the whole point of doing it it's it's been awesome yeah it's 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 cheaper than getting therapy yeah (laughs) (laughs) which we have also done yeah 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 no I mean but that's a big and the other thing too especially when we started shifting over to other forms of creative expression was like you kind of realize that like most people's frustrations are actually the same yeah like every like we I mean it's called the local fraud because that's what we all think we are yeah we just think that we're just like you know the the cheap imposter syndrome of being you know and so when you have like you know a fashion designer and she the whole time like her she's just talking about her struggles of like comparing what she does or trying to figure out how to appease the right audience or do you want to specialize in like a certain thing or whatever and then you realize like oh that's like literally what we what we deal with um so yeah it's just it 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 kind of like you were saying like cuts through the bullshit because then everyone's like oh I don't need to be jealous of them they literally feel the same way I feel all the time because we try to get into the feels like yeah, yeah we like to talk about we'll do like the first part of the episode we'll kind of talk about like what do you do what are you working on and then the second part it'll be like, like tell us about your you breakup <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and kind of talk about like the internal artist struggles and the imposter syndrome and all of the like weird shit that goes on in our heads and like the things that make us artists um yeah, I think the hard part of the podcast is being consistent because it's work. Yeah, it is. Work of, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's work to publicly believe in yourself enough to brand your podcast and tell people about it and say, this is good and I love it. Like, that's a hard thing for me to do because I'm a self-deprecating artist. Um, and you have to book, you have to keep all the podcasts in the books and ask people to come on it and not feel weird about it and And I'm sure you can relate to this too like you think it's hard enough to make sure a musician shows up to the gig on time yeah Yeah, yeah. try to get them to to get one of them to schedule yeah (laughs) have all that as well well I I I, uh there's been a couple people and I I get it like you know yeah they're doing me a favor originally um but man I'm old school like I might your word is your bond you know like if you say you're gonna do it like, if you don't yeah. want to do it, like I had yeah. Neil Sean, you know, journey fame, he was on yeah. and one of my friends on Twitter, actually, they follow each other. So I knew he'd see it. Yeah. And I just said, Hey, I want to be on the podcast. And he said, man, I've already done like three of those. And I was like, hundred percent cool with that. Like that yeah. doesn't yeah. bother me in the least. Totally right. get it. Yeah. But I had, well, fuck, I don't care. I'm just going to say who it is. I had Kathy Valentine from the go-go's. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And We're creeping into our podcast conversation territory oh, now. Yeah. <laughs> so I've, as, and you probably have had this happen too, that if you have enough podcast episodes and the word kind of gets out. So I have PR people that pitch me people, right? Yeah. So yeah. Kathy had been pitched to me mm-hmm. um, and I went out and I bought her book and mm-hmm. I, and the, and the irony is I loved her book. I thought her book was fabulous. In fact, I'm done with it. So if either one of you wants to read it, I'll give it to you. <laughs> All right. Nice. I mean, I highlighted it yeah right like i'm like oh this is so like these are some Mm -hmm. really i really have and i really i watched other interviews she did because what drives me nuts and what i really tried i don't want to always ask the questions they get asked a thousand times yeah like it wasn't gonna be like how was belinda and the band and yeah yeah yeah. that was that video you made in the back of your car like that stupid shit didn't care it was on the schedule gonna happen and then her publicist reached out and said hey kathy has a doctor's appointment so we'd only get 30 minutes can you, is that okay? Or do you want to reschedule? And I being a nice guy was like, Hey, if it's easier to reschedule, let's just reschedule. Yeah. Cause, yeah. and I guess it, hindsight, I should have said, Nope, let's just do 30. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I just got ghosted. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that part is like <laughs> really frustrating with like that yeah. kind of, when yeah. you put that kind of time in, um, mm-hmm. I would have much rather they, especially with their publicists, just like to say no. Right. Yeah. Or just, or just say like, don't offer to reschedule. Just say, Hey, we've got 30 minutes. This is what we can do. That's the frustrating thing is like, if you don't want to do it, just say you don't, or if you can only do 30, just say you can only do 30. Don't tell me that rescheduling is an option. Yeah. You know? And but I have no idea if this is just your publicist or it's, and I've had right. other, there's been some people who have been dangled in front of my head uh, and said, like, if, you know, do the couple of these people and then I can get you, you know, blah, 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 people that mm-hmm. are in the rock and roll hall of fame kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. 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 And then, uh, we ran out of time. Yeah. Like, yeah. The fuck man. Yeah. Then yeah. don't dangle that in front of me. You're like a yeah. drug dealer. You try to get me to, right. And then yeah. you, then you did the bait switch. Yeah. yeah. I can imagine with like, uh, like 
quote unquote bigger names like I guess you know what does it mean to this is a conversation we have all the time like what does it mean to be successful but like I can imagine like successful acts there's way more stuff you got to navigate around because oftentimes a lot of those guys are like basically their own independent economies you know what I mean and so you're you're not even necessarily always dealing with like the individual right like versus you know with us like thankfully at this point we've only really had to deal with like we haven't had to talk to a publicist or talk to a, right. an, an agent. It's always been like the person. So it, at least for us, we can say we're mad at the person. We can be mad at the person and know that yeah. it's like actually the person that would that like yeah. this stiffed us versus like, you know, you get, you get some people and it's like, you, I, you don't even like, did they, did they even know that it was a thing? Like did, did their agent just drop the ball right. and not tell them and they right. don't even know and whatever. No, so. that makes you wonder. Yeah. Doesn't it? Yeah. 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 No, oh, yeah. It, it's it. So I've gotten to the point. I have one person left that I trust because she's cool. And and we've had people and it's been great, too, because there's been some people like I wasn't really aware of who they were and what they did. And then I kind of delved into it and I was like, wow, this is great. Like they're really talented and it turned out really well. So I have one person I still use with the yeah. rest of it. But I found that like me doing it myself. I've gotten better guests. I got, you know, yeah. I got, I got Neil Geraldo on my own. I did not yeah. have a, pe- you know, I got people like that on my own. Um, Ty Tabor. I don't know if you get nineties people. Kings X was a huge band in the nineties. Oh yeah. Right on. Okay. The guitar player of Kings X lives here in town. Uh, what? The, what? Yeah. He lives in Brookside. Okay. okay. Uh, uh, and he, and so I sent him an email and I was just like, Hey, you know what's going on? And so then he gets here super nice guy but he's really shy and he even said um the other two guys in the band are really the ones that they're, they're the outgoing people and stuff i'm pretty reserved and quiet mm-hmm. um but he did the thing and he brought us they're doing a documentary on king's x so i had this documentarian dude that was like wandering around That's as so we're being cool. here and that oh, weird wow. i was like there's time. no way they're not gonna use big it, time though. it's gonna go on the it's gonna <laughs> wow. be on the cutting room floor. there's no That's way it's gonna you- be that's what you have to say to yourself to not just be so shitting in your down. pants while you're <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. So okay. I, I guess that's the point. It's like, then, you know, he could not have been cooler and he was great. So I don't think it's the artist as much, and, you know, part of it. And you guys get this too, because of what you do. I think mm-hmm. they get asked a lot of stupid questions by people that don't know anything about music. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then, so they're kind of fatigued by it. Yeah. yeah. So then you have somebody who actually knows what the fuck they're talking about. Yeah, and they're like, yeah. they kind of, you can see them almost visibly really like they relax, like, Oh, yeah. this is going to be okay. This is going to yeah. suck. Well, it's right? like, I feel like podcast interviews are so much more preferred now because of that. And I'm sure there are bad podcast interviews and stuff, but like, oh, there are, yeah. especially <laughs> like it, at least in the form of a podcast, as opposed to like a talk show or a radio thing, like, you can sit down and actually get to know someone because mm-hmm. you're not like, you don't have like a 15 minute spot on good morning America or whatever the thing is. It's like, you can actually sit down and like really get to know someone and then their fans get to listen to them talk for, you know, an hour on a podcast and they're going to get so much more out of that because the person is relaxed and they actually get to be themselves. You mm-hmm. know, they don't have to be a condensed version of themselves. Yeah, one of the uh, best compliments I think that we ever got when we were doing a podcast, I, I, I'm kicking myself because it's escaping me who said it, but we had a guest on that, because uh, we take, we ours are usually three hours, and we'll do a wow. break. Yeah. We split them into two episodes. And we episodes, split them into two so. episodes. Wow. Yeah, so we'll do three hours, <laughs> and then the first one will be new song, new record, whatever, you got a show coming up, tell us about your music, whatever, and then the second half is like, where we just, it's all bets are off. We just talk about whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, one of the best compliments that I, that I ever got is when we took the break. Uh, they were like, you know, I kind of forgot that I had a microphone in my face. Yeah. And yeah. to me, that's like, that's the, the goal. Yeah. That's the goal always is where you are so relaxed and comfortable with the person that you're conversing with. You just, for, you actually forget. And, and it's just, oh, I'm just like having a conversation and there's a genuine kind of care and connection mm-hmm. and relatability. And you're just... You know, when, when everyone in the room is leaned forward in their chair and they're like, yes, exactly. No, I, yeah, exactly that. I know exactly what you're talking about. And, and it's like, politics don't matter. Religion doesn't matter. Like personal opinions don't matter. It's just, you know, musicians, artists, creatives that are just like, I know exactly what, how, what you're talking about and how you feel. And I forgot that there's even a microphone right now on um and then they hear the playback and go oh not only did i forget there was a microphone i didn't say anything stupid <laughs> you know right that's, yeah so 
Well, I could talk to you guys all day about this. I, I do want to know. It's not gonna be three hours because I need. I yeah, need, right, right. I need, right. I need a nap. Yeah, yeah. Let's be honest. Um, is who's out there that you guys want to talk to you haven't? Like, who who would you love to get? Oh my god! I mean, I mean, your dream is Zach Wild. Let's be. Honest. I yeah. If I got <laughs> to talk to Zach Wild, I would fucking piss myself. Like. All right, I got I got a buddy who's friends with them, so we should talk. Off them, so. I just immediately start crying, and you're like, yeah. "All right, we gotta go." <laughs> I think I think the, the the thing for us is is it's been relatively recent that we've taken this seriously emotionally. Yeah. And so it's we we kind of really haven't given ourselves enough time to allow ourselves to dream even we haven't really shot for like the bigger artists yet like we've stayed pretty local but I know that's next for us of like actually taking those jumps and like like you said just ask people just like network and reach out and everything I don't necessarily know if we have a a, like I want to talk to like anyone you know if you're you're in the entertainment and in a certain aspect like you know we have our like high level goals but I'm like mid carters I mean speaking of it like I would love to have indie Kansas City pro wrestlers on I would want to have you know like there's so many yeah just yeah I don't know that's that's fine I mean I I think there's (laughs) not I mean except for Zach Wild I don't know you know I watched an interview that Zach did and it made I'm not gonna say what it was because I don't want to talk shit but it made me so mad because all they all they did was ask him about Ozzy and I'm like I get it but like they never mentioned Black Label. They literally didn't ask him about anything other than, and I just the whole time. Hey, was back like, in 96, it's like, hey, you know, he's been in a in two like, other bands for 20 years. How much years. other shit he's done? <laughs> yeah. Like, you do not deserve to talk to this guy. You do not deserve <laughs> no, to talk be, to this Oh my man. God, you're like, it's like, you're, you're, doing a, you're doing a mind meld with me. Hang on a second. I don't know if you'll be able to see this. So my, I, my, one of my friends is Dr. Tony. Dr. Tony is, he's a doctor by day, but it's way too long of a story to explain, but I'll tell you if I meet you in person. Okay. Uh, but he knows all these musicians because he's become like the doctor that they go to in town. Like if they have an issue, like with their throat or whatever uh-huh. like that. So, he knows the name. so this is, and Tony's got a little kid now who's super cute mm-hmm. with this. This, they were just here, right? Zach Wilde was just here. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Could, you're not going to be able to see this probably. Oh, no oh way. Oh my God. You're going to get her emotional again. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> I'll have to text this to you so you can, I'll send you, I'll send you the picture, but, but, and I was going to go, but I, I wasn't, I didn't have time. So uh, yeah. I'll, I'll ask Dr. Tony if we can ever help you out with that. I, don't, I can't guarantee it. I'm not going to be like Kathy Valentine's yeah. PR person. I'm not going to promise. I'm not going to get my hopes up, but. but I will at least ask him if it's a possibility at some point. Yeah. But you're so right. And then we'll wrap up, but you know, I, so Dave rolls out right now, right? Mm-hmm. got a book out mm-hmm. just did a tour and they still ask him about fucking Kurt Cobain and I, I get know. yeah, but he's been asked every question you could have ever thought about Kurt Cobain he's been asked yeah and yeah. it's gotten to the point you can just tell it's almost like a defensive mm-hmm. where he's just gonna give you some standard bullshit answer he's given for because yeah. he doesn't even want to talk about it anymore yeah. like he's not gonna be like fuck him why are we still talking about it? he's not gonna do that because he's too nice mm-hmm. yeah but I think there needs to be like a rule. I'm just making, I'm making up this rule and I'm going to decree it now officially. Like if you have, if you, if whatever your other thing is, has, has existed for longer than like, like yeah, Dave Grohl's been out of Nirvana three times as long as he ever was in it. Yeah. Like, I mean, if you're going to like, I, I can understand if it's like, you're going to do a documentary about Kurt and you want right. to get some sound bites or you want to have conversations or like, something like that but if it but like same with like the zach wild thing like like if the bulk of your existence yeah. <laughs> as an artist literally has nothing to do with this other thing anymore like you, yeah. you, you like almost shouldn't be allowed to even talk about it yeah. any, anymore you know i mean i fucking love ozzy and he's responsible for who i am like i ozzy is like my idol yeah but like imagine if you only talked about sabbath yeah <laughs> you know but right? also fucking god it just made me so mad listening to that interview so i'm just like, she kept texting me from from work she's like these idiots don't know anything <laughs> i'm saying like, i could have done it way better yeah yeah no and anyway so well that's cool well it's very nice to meet you i yeah, will put you up do. in the show notes links to everything um and i want to come out and see you play yeah, um absolutely. it'll be past when this airs yeah. But once give me the date because I'll try to come out to Lemonade Park and say hello. It's on the 30th, this coming Friday night. Saturday night. Saturday night. Saturday what time is it? 
Uh, doors are at seven. Yeah. So I think we go on around eight. Yeah, we, uh, so oh, our single drops, much. our single yeah. drops the 29th. <laughs> um, and somehow by a, a universal just happenstance, we managed to, to get a Halloween show, which is our third consecutive year as doing a Halloween show. And it just so happens to be the night after a single release. Yeah. We haven't really been pushing, playing a lot of shows, obviously because of COVID and things are slowly kind of opening up. So for us, the show kind of was more of like, we just need to get a rep in for the year. Sure. I mean, totally. we've, been, we've been spending a year writing a record and half of the songs on this fucking record, we've never played live before. Which is so weird. Which is weird because that's how we write normally would yeah. be how Play does this translate out. live. And so for us, it was like, you know, we're going to, we're going to open or we're going to middle and we're kind of just, you know, getting Working a rep. Yeah. Getting a rep in. And then now it's went, Oh shit. This is after our single comes out. Yeah. Oh, it's on Halloween again. People know that we do Halloween shows. So yeah. now we're doing a Halloween show. Oh, this is like a show. And it's yeah. one of the last of Lemonade Park, obviously before winter. Right. And it's going to be actually yeah. nice. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's, it's like, it's, Oh shit. <laughs> I don't want to think about winter again. Oh yeah. Know, for, for sure. Yeah. I know it's, uh, it'll be better than last year, but boy, it's tough. Yeah. Uh, well, last question. Cause I think it's good. So let's talk about reps because I don't think this is, you know, when we're talking about like kind of behind the scenes stuff that I don't think people, I mean, people think of reps, like a quarterback throws a hundred balls to his wide receiver yeah. stuff, but it's just as important for musicians. Yes that that's how you get really good and kind of get into a groove and like mm-hmm. where you guys are just like in tandem and it's just like that free flowing kind of thing that mm-hmm. works really well. I think there's a really good documentary of the police where they did the reunion tour in 2007. Now these guys arguably are some of the, you know, the best rock, certainly one of the most popular rock and roll groups of all time. And they, they like rehearse for four months mm-hmm. and yeah. sting. They asked him about it and sting said, we just can't suck, man. Like the, we yeah. haven't played a show for t- over 20 years. It may have been 25 years at that point. And he goes, the expectation is so high that yeah. we can't go out and suck. Like we have to be really good. And I think that's, you know, it's hard with COVID, whether somebody's gotten COVID or somebody doesn't feel comfortable being in a room with each other or whatever the dynamic is, it's hard to get those reps in. And that's what makes a band click. Mm-hmm. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I liken it to um, learning how to speak a different language. There's an aspect of like, you can, you can know how to write the language. You can know how to read the language, but that does not translate to conversation in any way. And you can be a phenomenal conversationalist and hold your own in a foreign country and not know how to read it or write it. And, and for us, I look at rehearsal or getting, you know, playing the gigs or whatever as, a, as an opportunity for all of us to converse yeah because there's things you pick up on like zach will do a pinch harmo for the 12th time on a song and that'll be the one that i'll go ooh, and yeah. then he'll know all right and when i record it that's where it's gonna go right there like you know and nothing will be said and you know that those kind of things we've we've really stuck to once a week throughout yeah. all of covid yeah that's and great. i think if yeah. you don't then it goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning of this like you're not present on stage like if you're thinking, if you have to think too much about the next part in the song and, oh shit, what are the chords on the bridge? Or, oh, am I going to like fuck up that vocal run? Or like, if you're having to think about it, then it's over. Yeah. You know, oh, like it worst. has to, yeah. it just Isn't has to be the worst feeling. Blood. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> on stage, you're like, holy shit, the bridge is coming up. And what's the bridge again? Like, yeah. you yeah. just like, and then by thinking about it, it makes it, it 10 times worse. Like if you hadn't thought about what's the bridge coming up, you probably just, right. it'd be muscle memory. It would be there. I hope yeah. John right? listens to this. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what we always get on each other. It's like, you know it. Like, you know these songs inside and out. Get out of your head and just let it happen. Yeah. And it sounds so like, hibbity dibbity whatever mm-hmm. but it's like it's true it's like we worked the shit out of these songs like the only reason that we're gonna fuck up live is if we're thinking about it too much mm-hmm. you know well I, I appreciate you guys reaching out like i said at the top of this it's i really want to keep the focus on kansas city a lot um and yeah. it's always it's yeah, always fun to, having us oh absolutely it's, it's yeah, been yeah. a lot of fun uh it's always fun to meet new people and musicians and you know i really we, we talked about my dad a little bit and my dad was fabulous but one of his things was like he kind of thought all good music ended in like 1955 <laughs> he was one of those guys right yeah, it's like yeah. after well, miles I think, all, I think all instruments stopped being invented around then but i don't know <laughs> yeah but he's like after miles cool period like mm, you know, just yeah, like, yeah, and I was yeah. like, yeah. I'm so not going to be that way. Like, yeah, I'm just, yeah. I'm not going to do that. Like, I'm not going to be so like, you know, I've had, I've 
I'd like to have younger people on younger than me, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, yeah. because yeah. it's important to listen to other things and, mm-hmm. and hear other things and discover other, that's how you stay young as a, so mm-hmm. selfishly, it's better for me to listen to yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I appreciate reaching out. I will try to, I'm going to listen to one of your podcasts. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Uh, but I'll put we'll the show on air uh, off air because we got to make sure we recommend them one because we have yeah. imposter syndrome. So we yeah, no, it's fine. I mean, if a if a schmo like me can do it, it can't be that hard, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. All right, you guys. Thanks so much. Uh, I'll send you. you the link when it goes live. It'll be in a couple weeks. But share away, and I'll come out and say hi, and have All a right. good rest of the weekend. And awesome. kick ass, kick ass on the thirtieth, awesome. man. Oh yeah. All Thank right. Thank you so much. Take care. Bell and Jeremiah with Bell and the Vertigo Waves. Thanks so much for dialing in on Zoom. We had so much fun talking. And this is a track that they dedicated to Davies down in the show links. As you know, I put it down there for you to look. Click on all that. And uh, this episode was actually recorded a little while ago. So that first track, that their single that's out, it's out everywhere. So pick it up. Buy it. You know, local music only survives if we collective we but we support it right it's just not gonna happen unless people support it so thanks so much to those two check out their podcast as well i put it down in the show notes see what they're up to that's great and that's gonna do it for this time but hey next time another kansas city artist super stoked that we are keeping the uh focus on kansas city pure ecstasy she moved here from baltimore during the pandemic she came she was from baltimore originally lived in new york pandemic hits and reassesses her life like a lot of us have done and has ended up now here in kansas city and is great got a new ep out and is playing out uh, we had a lot of fun too so that's one week from today until then go out support live music and we'll talk real soon bye bye